It's episode number 10 of the Keto for Women show. You're listening to the Keto for Women show, and I'm your host and nutritionist, Sean Miner. This show is designed to empower women to find their own expression of the keto diet to maximize their health and happiness. Now let's get started with today's episode. Hey, my friends, welcome back. Thanks for joining me. I hope you're ready to get going on this really, really big episode. I can already tell you it's going to be a big one. You guys may or may not be able to tell this, but I prefer to record just kind of off the cuff. I kind of just hit record whenever I'm feeling inspired and go with it. I don't really take a whole lot of notes. I just basically talk and say what's on my mind in response to what you guys are wanting to hear. However, today I actually have notes and not really, more so uh, just a list. And this list is a long one. And I can tell you already that I have not even covered all of it. I'm sure I will stop this recording and be like, oh no, I forgot to mention this one. So this is not even a complete list, but it's a big one already, and it's going to take some time to get through, but we're going to get through it because it's an important topic. But before we we do that, let's just get through these reminders that I kind of have been doing almost every episode just to make sure we're all on the same page and know where we're going and what we're doing. First of all, if you have a question to submit to the show, so I really, really like doing those listener Q&A sessions. Uh, I'd like to keep that going and maybe make them more frequent. I have quite a few questions already in the queue, which is awesome, although I still always will take more. And just to give you some guidelines of what I would be looking for and which questions will most likely be answered here on the show would be questions that many people can relate to. So maybe not something that's super specific to you. If you can submit your question and make it a little bit more general, uh, make it a little bit more concise. I love getting the long stories. I love learning more about you and, you know, who my listeners are. I think that's really important. However, when it comes to actually answering a question on the podcast, the shorter, the better, just so that I can get through more of them without a super lengthy uh, backstory. So those are really important. But yeah, of course, there's tons of questions we can answer. I just really want to make sure that we are covering a wide range of them and getting a bunch in and that most people or at least some people can relate to those uh, when they're coming through and when we're answering them. But yes, definitely keep them coming. If you do have one to submit to me, email it to info at ketoforwomenshow.com and we will get that on the list to be answered as soon as possible. If you have more questions about specific things that you are going through or needing advice for something, then probably the best way to go to do that would be to look into having me work one-on-one with you to heal those issues and really find some of the deeper causes and that you can learn more about and sign up for a consultation at seanminer.com under work with Sean. So that's an option too. And then we do have the Fat Burning Female Project coming up in September for the fall round. I'd love to have you be a part of that. It is going so well for the July class. I'm just, it just, I can't even explain the emotion that comes out of me every time I uh, talk to them and and get in touch with them on the Facebook group. I'm in there pretty much all day, at least three times a day, answering their questions and really getting to know everyone. And it's great. And I'd love to have you join in the next round so I can get to know you a little better and, and what you're going through and how keto can help you. So that will be coming up in September. Head to bit.ly slash fatburningfemale to hear more and make sure you sign up so that you get the notifications of when that enrollment begins. It's just a email newsletter that will just tell you when to sign up. I've had some amazing feedback over on iTunes um, and the review section. Thank you to everyone who took a few minutes to just let me know what you think of the show, how it's going. I just, I can't even tell you how important that is to see and read for someone who is just talking to themselves most of the time on this show and not really getting like immediate feedback. 
I'm just kind of sitting here in my living room chatting away to myself. So it is really nice to see that when the shows do air, uh, I'm touching you and helping you and providing the information that you're looking for and need. So thank you for sending those over. If you haven't yet and you would like to let me know, even if there is something that you would like to see differently or anything like that, head over to the iTunes and leave me a review. Uh, That's really the best way to let me know. It's really, really important. It means a lot to me. And I would love to see that over there. So head over there and just uh, let me know what you think. Be great. Okay, I think that's it. We're going to make it short and sweet because this list, you guys, is so big. And I am afraid that I'm not going to be able to talk fast enough to get all of this in in under an hour. But I'm going to try because it's important. And the reason why I really wanted to do this episode right now is because, like I said, I'm getting lots of questions to be answered on the Keto for Women show. And to be perfectly honest, a lot of them are going to be answered here because a lot of them talk about weight and weight gain and not seeing weight loss, even though you're doing keto or seeing weight gain and you're doing keto. It's very rampant. And it's something that is very much top of the mind to so many of you. And I understand it's for good reason. We've put a lot of pressure on ourselves to be a certain weight. It's a cultural thing, a societal thing that's happening right now. So I get it. Uh, I understand that there is a need for some people medically to lose weight. And that's really important too. However, what we don't quite get and what really needs to be reiterated as much as I possibly can in this podcast is how much affects our weight and how much the scale says, which is total BS anyways, but what affects our weight gain, our weight loss, our weight plateaus is so much more than what we are actually understanding it to be. It's not well, and I'm going to say this in every episode, apparently, it's not about calories in, calories out. We already know that it's not about how much you're eating or how much you're working out or not working out. There's so much more to it. It unfortunately is not as simple as that because if it were, wouldn't we all be at our ideal weight and all be super skinny and ripped and fit and whatever we want to be? Yeah, because if it were just a don't eat so much and work out more, we would not be having this crisis that we're having because it's just not like that. I'm sure you all know either yourself or someone that you know that eats really well, really clean, always has, um, works out a moderate amount or a large amount, and they can't lose weight, right? So Right there is the perfect example of how just what we thought to be true just isn't true because that wouldn't be the case if it were that simple. We wouldn't have these situations in ourselves or in people we know where that equation doesn't add up because it very commonly doesn't add up because it's so much more than that. So I sat down, thought of all the reasons in females specifically, although it pertains to males in quite a few of these cases as well, but it is the Keto for Women show, so let's keep it to the women. Why you might be gaining weight, not losing weight, whether you are in ketosis or not. So there's a lot of, and I think I've mentioned this before, but I want to say this again, there's a lot of theory, or I guess there's a lot of stories or just thought that as soon as you go keto, the weight just drops off like it's a magical force within you that makes you shed all this weight super fast. Again, remember, those are for people that may have been coming from eating McDonald's every day or pizza or whatever. They have severe diabetes or insulin resistance or obesity or something like that where, yeah, when you change your diet dramatically in that regard and if you have some really necessary weight to shed in order to basically stay alive, then that will probably happen to some people when they go keto. And so that's kind of become the stigma of this quote unquote diet. And so we think that if we have 10 pounds where we're like, ooh, if we were 10 pounds less, it would be so awesome. I would be so hot. Then we suddenly think that if we go keto, all of a sudden the 10 pounds that we want to lose 
will also shed and that just doesn't happen, especially if you have some of these things that we're going to be talking about going on, it's not going to happen. So first of all, let's kind of release that thought that keto equals weight loss for everyone because it's not true. It's really not true and it's actually quite rare that keto equals this immediate weight loss within the first week or month being on it. Like I said, you may lose some water weight if you're someone that has been retaining a lot of water. If you have some inflammation going on, you may lose some water weight when you go keto, but that's not going to be more than five pounds, I would say. But that's different than actually fat loss. There are over 90,000 people missing at any time, and over half a million are reported missing every year. And that's just in the United States. I'm Mike Morford. And I'm Jess Betancourt. And in our podcast, Missing Persons, we discuss cases of people who have gone missing under mysterious circumstances. And we're joined in each episode by guests who are either related to the missing person, investigating their disappearance, or advocating for answers in the case. Missing Persons is available everywhere you listen to podcasts, and there are dozens of episodes to binge on right now. Subscribe today so you don't miss an episode. And to lose fat and gain muscle, it's going to require way more than just going keto because you need to heal your body. And obviously, I'm a huge fan of keto to heal your body. That's why I'm here talking to you all today, because it's been the ultimate healer for me and my body. And it's just not even a question as to how I can get and stay as healthy as possible will be a long-term ketogenic diet. But it's you, you have to get into ketosis to heal, and then that healing starts. So then we have this process, which may be three months, six months, a year, who knows how long, it depends on what you're dealing with, to heal before then our bodies get to this natural weight that our bodies feel happiest and healthiest at. Now, it may not be what you think you want your weight to be, and that may be something you just honestly have to mentally get over because it's not going to, you forcing it is not the way to go. Anytime we're forcing weight loss, no, no, that's not going to be something that's sustainable. You're not going to stay there without continued force. I mean, do you want to live your entire life in this like really stressed out, forceful, not eating enough, over-exercising, whatever it may be case where, yeah, then you can be at this weight, but the second you live your life at all, <laughs> you gain weight. No, we don't want to be there. That's not a way to live our lives. There's so much more to live than thinking about and con- trying to control that so forcefully. So instead, we can look at healing our bodies, finding out what is causing our bodies to gain weight or stay at this weight and not lose excess weight, we really need to do the work and the digging to find that out. And uh, there's going to be this list. I think I have 33 or something possible things that it could be, which is crazy. But more than likely, it's more than one of these things. So you have to start doing the work for yourself and finding it out. And the first step to finding this out and getting this under control is to stop dieting. Stop thinking of this as a diet. Stop telling yourself you can't have certain foods. Stop undernourishing yourself and and trying to reduce your calories. Stop being so controlling of your food. And I know it sounds like, well, how does that work? I'm on this keto diet where my carbs are only this, this, and this. And uh, I'm only eating this, this, and this for my food intake and all of that. I'll go and probably into more detail just naturally, but this is the reason why I created the Fat Burning Female Project. This is exactly what we do. This is exactly what these women that are currently in there now are experiencing, this whole new level of how you can see food, how you can nourish your body, the amazing response that happens when you nourish your body for the first time. I can't even explain it. It's like a light bulb goes off and all of a sudden your body just is happy. There's so many wonderful things that happen, but um, very much the reason why that course is what it is, taking the keto diet to a whole new level, a whole different level, seeing it as something that is a very healing lifestyle instead of this crash diet. But again, getting off track here, let's get on with this list so that we can try to get through all of this. I'm probably not going to go into super in-depth detail about every single one of them, obviously, because it would literally be a five-hour podcast, but 
I will give little just kind of descriptions and little snippets so that you can understand where you may need to do more digging for yourself. Okay, so I kind of broke them up into different categories, although I have a feeling I may jump around a bit and just kind of get lost. So bear with me, but they are kind of in general categories that we can really hone in on. Okay, so before I start, one more disclaimer, and that is that this is already assuming that you um, know how to eat healthy, good, clean, real food. You are not going through the McDonald's drive-thru or eating ice cream at night or uh, having candy and chips. We're already assuming that this means that you know what it means to eat a real food diet, um, to take out those really highly processed foods that are, of course, going to be causing you inflammation. So we, we know that that's already happening. If that's not already happening for you, that's the very first step. Let's just clean that up, get onto a real food diet. Another reason why fat-burning female would be good for that person just to understand what real food means and to give you a baseline because it is a 100% real food program. That being said, within the category of food, so things that you are eating that may be causing you to gain weight and or not lose weight. Some of them, I, I know it's a really big thing in keto is like all this dairy, which is fine, but it is a pretty inflammatory food for a lot more people than realize it. So cutting out the dairy could be a really easy step for a lot of you to do to see if that helps you at all. And I have a lot of people that will say, but I don't feel anything. I feel totally fine when I eat dairy. Just take it out for four weeks, give your body some rest, and then add it in and see how you do. Because you have to get that baseline before you really will be able to feel how your body does to a certain food. If you're constantly feeding it, then your immune system is constantly working for you to not feel it to not feel that reaction. If you take it out, let your immune system rest a little bit, then when you bring it back in, it's gonna be really obvious. So give that a try. Um, Like I said, four weeks, try to put it back in and see how you do. Or you might see that just taking out dairy for four weeks automatically adds to uh, just some weight loss that you've been experiencing. So it may not be worth it, but we'll see. Another one that's big is just any sweetener. So even if that's like a really awesome like organic stevia leaf or I know some people use xylitol and erythritol and things like that, just take those out entirely. Even if it is this no sugar sweetener, sweeteners in general can also be inflammatory. They can also still signal this insulin response in your body, even though you're not actually providing any glucose, that insulin response could still be just enough, especially if you're doing it every day, like putting some stevia in your coffee or something like that, just enough to keep that weight on and keep your insulin response from being, you know, kind of this really steady state that we want it to be. So take that out, see how you do. Obviously, I because I am someone that promotes a more paleo style diet, If you are someone that still eats grains, even if they're gluten-free grains like oats or corn or rice, something like that, take those out. I know there's probably not a ton of people eating that kind of food here because we're trying to be keto and those are pretty uh, high carb foods. So we're not putting those in a lot, but just take them out altogether and see how you do. Same thing with soy. Again, probably not a ton of people having soy unless it's maybe like a soy protein powder. You might be having soy in your dark chocolate if it's under soy lecithin. Take out the soy and see how you do with that. Uh, Those are some also very common offenders that most people don't even realize until they take them out and see how much better they feel. This kind of leads to the next one, which would be eating foods you're sensitive to. So it's kind of the same thing, but the problem is we have this immune system that allows for us to continue eating highly offensive foods to us and not really knowing it because your immune system is taking that burden on for you. However, those foods will cause your body inflammation. Inflammation in our bodies is basically weight. It will look like weight on your body because you'll be water retained. Um, Just trying to get that inflammation down is our body's natural response and you'll feel puffy. 
have some even some pain and those kind of things. So obviously there's a lot of reasons for inflammation, some of which we're going to be going over today. But one of the main reasons is eating foods you're sensitive to. So find out, finding out those inflammatory foods that are causing this immune system reaction in your body is really beneficial if you're someone that's holding on to excess weight or you can't get your weight to budge. Like I said before in previous episodes, I run the MRT food sensitivity test. It's something I've run in my practice for, gosh, year, two years probably now on many, many people. It's helped quite a few people. We do it in conjunction with a stool test. So you are seeing what's going on in your gut to understand why you have food sensitivities and what you need to do to get them to heal. Otherwise, we're just finding out these food sensitivities and they mean nothing and they'll just change in a month because we haven't taken care of our gut health. Sorry, I'm now I'm getting into my whole uh, spiel, but it really does do some really awesome work to find out those foods because the foods that you are sensitive to are always foods that you're eating pretty regularly and they are always foods that you wouldn't necessarily eliminate on any sort of elimination diet or healing diet like AIP or SCD or GAPS, the SIBO protocol, things like that. You're finding out exactly what doesn't work for you. As an example, I just got mine done. This is the second one I've done, but I had some blood work that was showing possible food sensitivities. So I had one done uh, a few weeks ago, got the results back, and my sensitivities were to pork and beef, tomatoes, onions, garlic. Those are pretty much the big ones. Some other things I don't really eat that often, but those foods, I was eating those pretty much every day on a very regular basis. So it's really, really helped me just to see that and to give my body a break, take down that inflammation level, and also forces me to try new foods. So of course, I'm eating much more fish, turkey, chicken, which are honestly kind of poo-pooed in the keto world, but I'm making sure to have chicken thighs. If I do have turkey, I'm smothering it with as much fat as I possibly can to really keep my fat intake up to a keto level. So I'm making it work. But yes, I do very much miss my pork and beef. I'm really excited to add those back in in a few more months. But it really does feel different to not have those inflammatory foods in my body for a while. So I highly recommend that. Moving on in the possible food intake. This is really not food, but we'll talk about it here alcohol consumption. I know we all know this, and yet there's so many people that are complaining about not losing weight or gaining weight, and yet they're having a glass of wine or a whiskey or something like that most nights of the week. I really can't have anything to say about that then because we know that when you consume alcohol, and maybe we don't know that. Maybe I'm going to be saying this for the first time to you, but This might be a good lesson. When you consume alcohol, your body will break down and process that and burn through that in priority before it does anything else. So you are no longer going to be in any sort of fat burning mode when you have alcohol running through your body. So it kind of just shunts that and then you're just burning through alcohol. So it really, if you're trying to burn through fat and be this fat burner, it's not even necessarily going to kick you out of ketosis. It's just going to put that all on the back burner until the alcohol has gone through the system. And this is not to say that you should never drink alcohol, but if you are someone that has some weight loss resistance or weight gain, really reducing it, maybe going alcohol free for three to four weeks, see how you do and how you feel, and then add it back in on a much more moderate level, you might experience uh, what you're looking for just by doing that. So I would say maybe a drink or two on the weekends, something like that would be a very moderate level. That's kind of how I live my life. I do have a social life that sometimes involves going out for a drink, and I do. I absolutely do. Uh, I don't really drink at home ever. It's pretty much just when I'm out in a social setting and it feels right. Sometimes I go out in social settings and it doesn't. I just don't feel like it, and I won't have a drink that day. But if it sounds good, then I do. I just keep it to a really moderate level, and it it's fine. I think that's a really good way to kind of live a, a lifestyle of, of this, you know, and, and be able to do the things that you enjoy, but also be on this track of 
trying to heal your body and trying to get to a place of ultimate health. We can have it both ways, believe it or not. So give that a try if that's something you're still doing. The next thing under food would be calorie restriction, which most people are like, what? When I restrict calories, I'm supposed to lose weight. That's just how it works. Yeah, in the short term, it could absolutely work that way. You could see some amazing results like I got to 1,200 calories a day and I lost 5, 10 pounds and then it stopped. Exactly. Because you have now downgraded your metabolism to rely on 1,200 calories per day of energy intake. So it's just totally basically slowed your entire system down so that now 1,200 calories a day is what you are maintaining at. And now you need to go down to 900 calories a day to see any weight loss. That sounds terrible. If anyone is eating 900 calories a day, they are shutting down their systems. This is why there are so many people who lose weight and gain it back. This is why those, I think it's like all but a couple of the biggest loser contestants have gained their weight back and maybe even some more because that is not sustainable. What you've done there is really just wrecked your metabolism. That's all you've done. We've got to get away from that before we have just a total dumpster of a metabolism. You can get it back. You can eat more food and help your body understand that you can burn through more food and have that energy available, but you've got to get rid of that diet mentality for it to work. You can't keep restricting calories. That's just going to be an endless disaster. And I just, you know, I'm getting a lot of questions in the in my inbox about I'm doing this, this, and this keto. I'm eating this many calories and eating this many carbs and all this stuff. And the calories are way too low. You are stalling out your metabolism. You are telling your body not to burn through any more energy than what you are giving it. And that is causing a stall or weight gain. I mean, if you think about that logically, doesn't that make sense? that your body is only going to burn through what you're providing it. It's not going to keep burning through extra. That's super damaging to your body, and your body's smarter than that. So it downgraded in response to what you have been feeding it. We've got to start feeding our bodies the proper amount, or you're going to be endlessly eating less and less and less until you're just starving. So let's not let it go that far. And I know that there's a lot of people out there who in the past, and I'm one of them, have restricted calories. And yeah, it worked for a little bit, but it didn't stay. It wasn't this lasting thing that just was great. And then all of a sudden you could just go back to eating all this food and still stay at that weight. It's this perpetual system that never stops until you consciously do it. And that requires you doing a keto diet that gives you enough food, is very nourishing, allows your body to get back to this metabolism. And that's something else I want to point out. When you have been in a restricted mentality and kind of fed your body less than it needs uh, in hopes of losing weight, like I said, your metabolism has downgraded. And in order for it to upgrade, you have to start feeding your body properly, right? That's really the only way to get it up there. And it will, but it's not going to be in a day. It takes a while for your body to understand, okay, this is how much food I now get on a daily basis. This is the energy level that I can now operate at. And I can get there and stay there and be happy there. It doesn't happen in a day or two days, or three days. We need to fix your metabolism. And to fix your metabolism takes that nourishing aspect for an extended period of time. Once your body knows that there is that much resource that you are providing it on a daily basis, your metabolism will pick up. And it will be amazing because you can eat all the food and be really nourished and never feel hungry but you're also going to be at the weight that your body is really happy at at the same time. And it's pretty darn effortless at that point. I get a little bit on a tangent with that one because it's so important and I see it so, so much that we really have to start changing our mentality around that. And now is the time. Let's do it right now so we can get these awesome, healthy metabolisms back. It makes such a big difference. Um, And that kind of goes along with my next point. It's pretty much the same thing, which is just chronic dieting. You know, if you're someone who has always been on a diet, always been restricting, always seeing food as more than food, you know, kind of seeing it as this number, this calculation or this macro, 
this percentage, something else, if you ever are just kind of not, you know, kind of overthinking all of it and getting a little bit obsessive, uh, not only is that super stressful on your body, and we're going to talk about stress because that's really the leader in all of the reasons why we have weight loss resistance and or weight gain, but it's also contributing again to that lower metabolic rate. If you are constantly dieting, if you have been for years, we're not doing our bodies any favors by any means. And going on along with that would also be, which is kind of another point, would also be dieting and then quote unquote cheating. I hate that word as it relates to dieting so badly. However, when you are cheating on the weekends or Saturday nights or whatever, that oftentimes will lead to binging, will lead to making really poor decisions of things that you don't actually want to eat. And those decisions are often really inflammatory. They often contain tons of sugar, which is something that we should obviously, that's one of the kind of obvious things we should be staying away from in order to experience some weight loss. That would be one thing that is on my no-brainer list. We got to stay away from sugar. But even if we're doing this binge type thing or this cheat type thing once a week that is a sugar thing, that's enough to keep you right where you are. It's just not good for your body your mentality, nothing. You just have to stop that. And really the best way to stop quote unquote cheating on your diet is to not be on a diet. I mean, really, that's the easiest thing. And uh, at least in my world, the keto diet is a lifestyle. So I have no reason to cheat because I'm not doing anything that doesn't feel good. I'm not doing anything that's restrictive. I'm not telling myself I can't have foods that are on this quote unquote list or part of this diet. And then suddenly, like, there's no need to cheat. There's no need to binge. There's no craving for something that I can't have. It's just life. And it's just eating the foods that I really enjoy, having uh, maybe more carbs on one day than I do on another if it's something that sounds good or whatever. But nothing is technically off limits in as far as not having these no-brainer offenders like sugar, grains, soy. Yeah, it's just really becomes really easy and that whole mentality of dieting and cheating is gone and just having that mentality it can be really damaging to everything so let's get rid of it and then see what happens just be on this for life be on this life plan of keto it's great so I think that will cover everything as far as food goes for now of course we may come up with some others as we keep going but let's move on to the gut. And this is something that is not often considered when we think about weight gain, weight loss, weight loss resistance, or anything like that. We don't necessarily tie the two together, but it couldn't be further from the truth. There are so many things going on in your gut potentially that are keeping you from getting to this weight where you feel comfortable. Uh, It's just our gut is the key to so many things that we don't even know yet. I mean, there's tons of research going on about gut health and the importance to our overall health, but we're still just scratching the surface on that. And I say we like I'm part of the the studying, which I'm not. I just read them as they come out, but there's still so much to learn. And from what we know already, our gut health is tied to every single other system in our body, whether that's your mental health, your skin health, your hormonal health, just everything can, we need to look at the gut for every single system, including our weight. That's part of it. So let's take a look at what some of these can be. One of the biggest ones most people don't even really consider is the health of their liver. Now, being on a keto diet is so great for your liver health. Uh, Just eating these really healthy fats is awesome for your bile production. So we need bile to break down our fats and digest them and get them into fatty acids to be used. But we also need those fatty acids to build more bile and to clean out our bile so that we have this really nice flow. And that's great for your gallbladder health, but also your liver health. That's where we produce bile is right in the liver. So in order for us to break down these higher amounts of fats, we need to have a really healthy liver gallbladder system. 
And when you have an overburdened liver, you know, the liver is a hugely important organ in our body. I would say number two, maybe number three, maybe heart, brain, liver as our top three organs. But it's just, it does so many things. And one of the main things that it does, at least in relationship to weight, which is what we're talking about today, is it removes toxins. And when we have a toxic body, when we have toxins in our system, they are stored in our fat cells because if they're not, then they're going to go to damage our organs. And so in order for them to kind of, our body's protection mechanism is to store toxins in our fat cells. And if you are not uh, actively removing and releasing toxins from your body, which would be the liver's job, then you are going to have a store of fat you are going to have extra fat on your body in order to store those toxins somewhere. So having a really nice, healthy liver is extremely important to that process. Now, just kind of the way that our world is and the way that we live today, we've got a lot of toxins around us all the time. So it's even more important than ever to constantly be working on your liver health. The first thing is, of course, like we're talking about all the time, taking out those processed foods. You need to eat a real food diet because most of the toxins that you are building up in your body are from the foods that you're eating. If there are any chemicals or processed oils, processed meats, anything like that, anything that comes in a package where you you see the ingredients and you're like, mm, I don't really know what that is. It's going to be something that your body doesn't know what it is either, and it's going to see it as a toxin. So we really need to stick to a real food diet. That's the best thing that you can do and, and make that kind of a way of life. Now, there's also some things within that real food diet that you can add in to continue to nourish your liver. Those would be citrus fruits, so lemons, limes, oranges, things like that, even just the squeeze of the juice. So getting lemon in your water or putting lime in your guac. I just did that the other day. Just getting some citrus in your day is really, really good. That sourness really helps. Bitter things are also a really good way to cleanse your liver. Uh, this includes like dandelion and beet greens, which I know they're not the greatest things. I have a really hard time eating eating them, but I know I need them. So I just will kind of chop up some beet greens really finely and put them in like my cauliflower rice or my salad, just hide them and it goes down a, quite a bit easier. Um, you can also mix them into just like a smoothie or juice them or something like that, which brings me to my next point, which is green juices. Now, ideally, it would probably be great to juice your own and make your own green juice uh, that would be very limited on fruits and fruit juices. I'm talking like kale and romaine and cucumber, celery, you know, those kinds of really awesome green fibrous veggies. Juicing those would be great uh, on your own and maybe putting a splash of lemon or lime in them. I think that would be the, the perfect make your own green juice. However, it's kind of tedious. So I just buy my green juices, to be honest. I'll actually post a picture on uh, Instagram and Facebook showing you the green juice that I buy. But it is really low carb, um, just has a bunch of green organic greens. And then a splash of lime, I believe. And it's really, really good. I find it super thirst quenching. I really enjoy it. Uh, and it just does the trick. So your liver loves those kind of things. Another thing to include, and these are, I know, kind of poo-pooed in the keto community, but I really think that's unnecessary, are root vegetables like beets and carrots and turnips. Those are really great for your liver. Your liver loves those kinds of foods. So there are things that we should just be kind of including on a regular basis into our real food diet, our real food keto diet, I guess I should say, uh, to really help out the liver and keep it running smoothly. There are also some really great supplemental supports. Um, you would be looking for anything that contains like dandelion, beet, uh, burdock is really good. Milk thistle is really good for the liver. Just these really awesome um, herbal supports that come in supplement form that you can take on a pretty regular basis. Obviously, staying away from things like alcohol and drugs and smoking and things like that. I mean, that's all should be 
obvious, but I'll just say that. Really good for the liver as well. Um, Moving on to things in the gut, I would say any sort of growth that shouldn't be there, I guess I will call it. So that could be in the way of candida. Candida's biggest symptom is weight gain or another fungal infection. So candida is a type of fungus that we all have in our bodies and it can be overgrown easily, especially if you have a past of a higher carb diet. And when that happens, uh, it can grow out of control and cause all kinds of symptoms and you just don't feel good, including weight gain, bloating, skin irritations, those kind of things. Uh, But it could also be a parasitic infection. It could be, which is much more common than you would think. Most people are like, oh no, I don't have a parasite. I haven't been to Mexico or whatever, but... It's more than that. You can get it very easily from the food you're buying from the store. So really, really common. Uh, Bacterial infection, which would be just where you have an overgrowth of a bad pathogenic bacteria that shouldn't be there in your gut that can cause some weight gain as well and just um, weight loss resistance. So anything that's kind of there in an overgrown state when it shouldn't be is not good and needs to be eradicated immediately for you to experience health benefits in general, but weight also will be one of them. Even if you don't necessarily have any overgrowths of any kind, but your beneficial bacteria is really low. So those good guys that we just, you know, we're hearing all the stuff about the microbiome. That's what that means. Your microbiome is your healthy, good gut bacteria and how much you have of those things. If you're just low on good bacteria, then that's enough to throw off your weight for sure. Um, It's just a stressor on your body. You just really need that to be in balance to have an overall really healthy system. And so that could be something that um, would come off as weight loss resistance or weight gain. That kind of goes along with the idea of SIBO, so small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. That is something where you actually have good bacteria. They are just growing in the wrong spot. They're growing in your small intestine, which is supposed to be kind of free of bacteria. You know, most of our bacteria is actually in our large intestine, but it can kind of back up. And then small intestine, we have too much and causes some major symptoms that definitely will come across as weight gain for sure. I mean, it might be more so bloating and things like that, but just the stress alone on your body of having SIBO, because it's a pretty intense thing, um, will cause some weight gain potentially. Last thing as far as the gut goes, and this is something I very early on in my nutrition career had an interest in because it was something I actually was experiencing. And when I corrected it, it was like a whole new world. It made such a difference. And I had no idea that probably for most of my life, I was dealing with low stomach acid. And I wrote a blog post about it years ago. It's still one of my most viewed blog posts on my website. So you can go read that too. Just go to seanminer.com and search stomach acid and you'll see it. Uh, But what that means, and this is something that if in our traditional medicine world, we're kind of misled because if you go to the doctor with symptoms of acid reflux or um, heartburn or something like that, you will be given a PPI, a proton pump inhibitor. Uh, And those drugs actually cause you to um, really, really decrease your stomach acid production. And while it does get rid of symptoms, the reason why you are having acid reflux or those kinds of symptoms is because your stomach acid is actually already too low and we need to significantly increase your stomach acid to get it to the pH where it can actually start digesting your food. If you get bloating after you eat, it's because your food is actually sitting in your stomach too long and that's causing... Um, obviously what feels like bloating because you're it's just kind of fermenting and sitting there causing gas. I mean, as soon as we eat, our stomach should be primed and ready to start that whole digestive process. It's kind of like the trigger that starts your liver and your pancreas, everything we need to get our food flowing through our body and then obviously passed as waste. We need it to start sooner. We need it to start in our stomach. And the only way that we can start that process is with an extremely acidic stomach. And if it's not acidic enough, it will sit there too long, your food, and it will actually start backing up back into your esophagus, which comes off as acid reflux. If you can help your body get to that point where 
you have enough acidity, then smooth sailing all the way down, you're digesting your food, you're getting all the nutrients from your food, and life is good, and you don't have any of those symptoms. So you can supplement with this. In order to get this back on track, I would recommend you go to my website under that blog post I was just talking about to actually learn how to supplement with it correctly. Um, I'm not going to take the time to explain it here because I'm already not going to be making anywhere near the timing that I was hoping for. But of course, as I should already know about myself, I get way too into these things. But go to that website and it will tell you how to supplement if you think that's something that could be going on with you. Like I said, the symptoms would be bloating, gas after you eat, acid reflux, those kinds of things. However, another symptom is weight gain because first of all, it's super stressful on your body. Second of all, you're not totally breaking down and digesting your food. So there still is this kind of environment of malnourishment because you're letting a lot of food pass through unprocessed and not broken down. So your body is not getting full the full nutrients and it could be causing some deficiencies, you know, vitamin and mineral deficiencies that right there would be the basis um, and the environment for weight gain, just kind of stressful and uh, undernourishing. So that's the last thing within the gut. I'm sure there's more, but the last big one we're going to talk about Okay, so we have obviously a lot more. I'm going to have to make this another episode. But before we stop with this part one of the reasons why we gain weight for women, I need to make sure to include in this episode the topic of stress. Because really, for most of these reasons, the actual root cause or what is happening or what is being triggered because this imbalance is happening is a stressful reaction in your body. And stress is so incredibly impactful on your weight that I can't even stress it enough. I can't say it any with any more importance unless I started screaming and then you guys would not like it because your ears would hurt. So I'm not going to scream on this podcast, but I'm going to tell you with the utmost certainty and strength that I can in a normal voice that you've got to look at your stress. That will always be the number one thing I say when someone says, I can't lose weight on a keto diet um, or I am gaining weight on a keto diet. First of all, I will make sure that they're eating enough food, but then after that, I will say, how's your stress? And like some of the things we've gone over in this episode already, Things in your gut you may not even know are happening, but they're happening and they're causing a stressful environment in your body. So it does not have to be your job or your relationship or your kids or anything like that that is causing you stress. It could be something you don't even know is happening in your body right now. And that's something that we just have to really start learning more about ourselves. It's time for you to learn more about your body if you have not already started. I know we have a lot of people that are already super in tune with themselves, but this is really where you know testing comes in handy, um, just getting really knowledgeable about what's going on with you because that can make a huge difference. And so when I say stress, I mean overall stress, but it can look like a million different things. It could honestly just be that you don't sleep well. And I mean, oh my gosh, some people, it's like they change their sleeping habits and they actually go to bed at a decent hour and they wake up a little later and they make sure that their quality of sleep is really good. And just that makes them shed weight. It's amazing how important sleep is. But that is when you don't have that, a really big stressor on your body. So I just want to take the time to um, just know that the first and foremost thing you can do, I, we went through so much stuff today already, but most of it is because it's going to cause a stress on your body when that's not corrected. And it's just time for you to start just not being so stressed out. Just you really have to take it to the next level and really try to work on being a little more relaxed and calm. And I say all the time, it's not going to be the easiest thing to eliminate all your stressors. Like we need jobs. We have jobs. We have kids. We have family relationships. There's tons of stuff that is going to be somewhat stressful in your life. However, reframing it the way that you look at that stress and the way that you handle that stress is incredibly important. 
Um, and this is kind of where one of the other things under this category of overall stress and lifestyle stuff is being a type A person. I know it's so hard because so many of us are type A, especially I found just the people listening to podcasts are very type A people because you want to learn. You want to know more and so that you can be better at you, right? But at the same time, overanalyzing, overthinking, learning a little too much even would kind of potentially get you into trouble as far as eliminating stress. That's not really going to do it. And that's why even in keto, like there's so many different stories and people say this, but other people say this. And, you know, some of the questions I get are like, I don't even know what to think anymore because there's so much information and this information overload in itself can be stressful because it's like, what do I even believe? So even if listening to this podcast makes you stressed out, which I definitely hope it doesn't because I'm trying to do the opposite, but even if you need a break from thinking about keto at all, then you know I totally understand. But what I will say is going back to just being type A, I always tell people that I was a really stressed out person for a really long time. It's definitely in my nature. I'm a worrier. I was type A. I uh, just am that kind of person. I always try really, really hard at everything that I do. So that was going into my workout and my job and my relationships and my friendships and everything. I was just trying so hard in all aspects of my life. And it caught up to me. And I had some serious adrenal fatigue. Like my cortisol was bottom basement flatlining. And I found that out. I got it tested. I found that out. And I honestly basically changed my personality in order to get my cortisol back up to normal levels and to heal my adrenal fatigue. I had to just choose some things to not care so much about, you know, like if I didn't clean my house every week, I'm fine. It's going to be fine. Um, If I didn't go out with my friends every single time they asked me, if I started saying no, life is good, everything's great. And that helped a ton. Just being able to realize that I don't have to be everywhere and everything to everybody that I could just, I just want to be that to myself. I just want to do everything that's right for me. Sometimes that means sitting on the couch instead of going out with your friends. And I had to realize all of this kind of the hard way, honestly, but um, it really worked. And I, like I said, I kind of changed my personality and it really, really helped. I'm much more relaxed about pretty much everything in my life and it made a really big difference. So one of the reasons how I did that, again, was through meditation. I mean, one of the quickest ways you can start, of course, reducing stress, which will then potentially lead to weight loss, is just starting to meditate. It's like the same thing as sleeping. It's some just these easy, really simple things that we don't even think would matter, but they make a huge difference when you actually implement them and make them part of your life. So I highly recommend meditation. There are many apps out there that you can use to help guide you. Most of them are free, so there's really no no reason not to. Uh, one of the things kind of on the opposite end of this in my story was that I was trying to be too many things to too many people and never really taking enough time for myself. But you can also be on the other end of the spectrum where you are lonely or isolating yourself socially, not spending quality time with people that you love or even just like, (laughs) not getting out there and laughing and hugging people and enjoying other people's company and just having coffee with friends and talking about life, not having that connection in some way can also be really damaging to your stress level and ultimately lead to what would look like weight gain or weight loss resistance. You have to have that connection. You have to make sure that you are getting out into the world and just smiling and laughing and being a happy person. It's amazing what that kind of thing can do for your body. Just it's a mental shift. And that is a whole nother topic in itself, which let's just go into really quick. I have a feeling it's not going to be quick, but this will end on this. And then in the next episode, we'll continue. Mentality. Having a negative mindset will never, ever lead to the health and the body that you want. Never, ever. If you are talking negatively to yourself, 
if you look in the mirror and you are saying like, oh, I can't believe I look like this. Look at this role. I can't believe I gained so much weight. If you are in this negative mental spiral, cut it right now and see what happens. You've got to start talking positively to yourself. You have to start looking in the mirror and telling yourself, I love you. And trust me, I did it at a really low point in my life and I broke down in tears. It's a very hard thing for a lot of people to look themselves in the eye and say, I love you, but it is everything. It is the start of changing so much in your life. If you can start thinking about yourself and your circumstances and your life in a positive aspect. None of us have perfectly positive lives, me included. There's lots of things that I wish would maybe go differently. However, I'm not spending my time ruminating on those things. Instead, I'm thinking about all the things that I love about my life. I'm celebrating those things. I'm enjoying time with my friends and family. I'm living my life to the fullest that I can right now. And those things bring joy, happiness, reduced stress, reduced weight. You see how that can all come full circle? It's so crazy how we talk to ourselves these days. And I don't even know how that began. I don't know how it's now a thing to just like totally demolish yourself in your own head and constantly be thinking about what you wish were different. But doing that is an endless cycle that will only result in more of things that you hate. It just really will. So please take the time to really change your mental cycle in your head. Just start thinking about that. Even just start recognizing how much of what you say to yourself, whether it's about yourself, you as a person, or even just your job, or the traffic, or your husband or wife, your kid. I mean, just think about how much going on cycling in your head is negative. Most of it's probably going to be about you and your own body, and should you or should you not eat this, or is this or is this not going to make me fat? Let's just cut all of it. Instead, go right now, look yourself in the mirror, Look at those beautiful eyes of yours and say, I love you and see what happens and then make it a habit. You will be shocked at what can happen when you do that. Okay, I guess I'll end today's episode. There is going to be a part two and we're going to talk about hormones. We talked about so much today that could be at the base for why you have a a weight loss resistance or weight gain even on keto. But like I said, there's probably in one person going to be multiple reasons. And I would say 95% of you, at least one of the reasons is hormonal. And so that's what we're going to focus on in the next episode. So uh, the only other thing that I'm going to say is I just want to kind of put this all into one nice tiny package that has a beautiful bow on it. It's a little present for you. And what I want you to remember is that the ultimate thing that we are trying to do that will get you to your body's natural, comfortable weight is to create a state of homeostasis in your body. That is a state of safety, of comfort, of nourishment, of happiness. That is what will get you there. So all of these things that we talked about today and we'll talk about next week are things keeping your body out of homeostasis, keeping you from feeling safe, from feeling nourished, from feeling happy, from having amazing gut health. Those are the things that are keeping you from your weight that you want to be. And keto is one, a very important one of the tools that we can use to create homeostasis in our bodies. That is the beauty about producing ketones. So just remember that. That's that's the basis for all of this. Everything that we're talking about in the next two weeks, we've got to create that environment in our bodies and we will get there. The only other thing I'm going to say, because apparently I can't stop talking today, I got a lot of energy. I had a really good keto meal right before this. I will tell you that you also may have to come to terms with the fact that the weight 
or size or shape, whatever you want to call it, that your body wants to be at and is happiest at and is in this place of homeostasis and safety and comfort and nourishment may not be what you think it should be. There may be a gap there. And if so, you're just going to have to get over it. I'm sorry. You're just going to have to realize that having this body that is so happy and healthy is in a different form or shape than maybe you pictured it would be, or maybe you have been in the past or whatever it might be. There might be that need to just get over it. So maybe we'll talk about that more next week because I feel like it could bear repeating. Um, But in the meantime, just give all of this a little bit of consideration and we'll talk again next week, okay? And if you want to get in touch with me, you can see what I'm doing over at Instagram at Sean Minor Health and Facebook at Sean Minor Health. Uh, I do a lot of Instagram stories, so make sure to check me out there. It's like so random, but I think they're hilarious. So I just keep talking about random things and it's really fun. But I also do little video tutorials about like making mayo and making ranch dressing and things like that as I come up with them. Or, you know, head to my website and see if you want to work together or become part of the Fat Burning Female Project and you can get this sort of wisdom for six weeks every single day. I'm happy to work with you in that capacity as well. Okay, until next week, have a great one. Hey lady, do you wanna make sure that you are doing the ketogenic diet the right way for you? Do you wanna make sure you're getting all of those amazing benefits that come with producing ketones and not putting any extra stress on your body? Then head to my website and check out the Fat Burning Female Project. We have a new class starting soon and I'd love to have you be a part of it. Head to bit.ly slash fatburningfemale that's B-I-T dot L-Y slash fat burning female. And make sure to sign up to get a notification of when the next class will be. Can't wait to see you there.